position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 344. Of the Best Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you early on this Friday, the 28th of May, 2021, at uh, 7.24 a.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast the most. Crack engineer, Ivor Molina, wapow, over there in the booth. How you doing, you little zombie? You little freaker? You're fired. He's holding up the whiskey sign, though, and we have to do what Ivor says at all times. Brains! So, cheers. Oh. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends. Uh, 2021-0528-0725-0725. Um, did I mention that you're fired? We have a lot of lot of show for you this week. Uh, first good show in a while. But, uh, Let's let's get straight to our top stories, I guess. More whiskey. More whiskey. More whiskey. So, first off in our top stories, yesterday, uh, I met up with... This is the first time that this has happened for me since December of 
2019. Holy fuck. Um, I met up with a friend of mine at a bar. Monsieur Le El Pistole Pete. Who's drifting through town. Uh, working on various, uh, technologically oriented projects and we met for drinks last night it was so crazy but some background first and yes this is an anecdote and we're not going to get to the stuff that I need to say about last week's episode until I finish this anecdote because I've been up all night with this fucking anecdote in my head so you will like it and if you don't Heart, I invite you to eagerly sup on the fresh turds of my butthole meat. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it would taste really bad. So here's my anecdote. So me and Pete go to the bar last night, and he's only in town for two nights. He's on his way back to East Coast. Um... And I haven't really talked to anyone face-to-face in 16 months. Like, really? Other than my mom? So this was crazy cool, and I was not prepared for it, and I hadn't seen Pete in about nine years. Um, So we met up at the bar, and we're drinking, and it was quiet night, but there was this gorgeous girl across the bar from me. Now, flash backwards to yesterday, Thursday morning, actually Wednesday evening, my teeth broke into pieces Wednesday evening. Thursday, they were cobbled together over an interminable terminably long visit to the dentist Thursday afternoon I'm out of the dentist and I feel like I've been fucked by a horse I decide I'm going to take a nap I take an hour and a half nap I wake up first thing that happens my teeth fall out again but they don't fall all the way up. They're still, like, hanging there. And I get a message from Pete. I'm coming in tonight, you know, 8 o'clock, blah, blah, blah. So, arrangements were made, and my teeth seem to be, you know, hanging in there. I was very, very disappointed at this outcome, though, because this, you know, Pete's a friend, but it is... It... It's difficult to talk to anybody when you're missing your four fucking front teeth is what I'm trying to say here. So I'm a little nervous about that. But anyway, we end up meeting up at the bar around like 10 o'clock and there's this gorgeous girl there. And we are having a very animated discussion. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm old and I'm fat and I haven't talked to a girl in a long time and I haven't gotten laid since the Carter administration. So we're in the middle of this really really abstract technical conversation about 
autonomous drone flights and the requirements for the I, I, stuff that I can't really talk about. And that I shouldn't really talk about, I guess. I could really talk about them, but I, I shouldn't. And I got the... I don't know, I just felt like the vibe that like Pete was not looking at me or maybe, I don't know what it was, but I was cued somehow. Maybe I just felt it. That there was someone coming up behind me. I turn and it's the most gorgeous girl in the bar. Now, I've spent a lot of time in my life in bars and arcades and even probably as much time as I've spent anywhere in my entire life has been spent in bars and at home. Never does the most gorgeous girl in the bar ever hit on me. I'm old now and I'm fat and I haven't talked to people in over a year. (laughs) This girl comes over and we are right in the middle of this shit. We're not arguing. We're having like this really technical discussion though. And this girl comes over and, and says, oh, I just wanted to tell you, I your shirt is awesome. I really love your shirt. Which is obviously like an invitation to talk to this girl. Like, she's like into me, obviously. But me being me and me being having been fucking locked in a goddamn living room for a year and a half, I would have muffed this anyway. But this was epic and worthy of reporting to you, dear listener, because it was at that exact moment that my teeth exploded out of my face. Which, literally, in my mind, triggered like, all of my lucid dreaming shit. Because, like, ever since I've been dental phobic I haven't seen a dentist in 25 years which is why all of this shit is going on with my teeth right now I hate I was trauma I was literally when I say abused I mean I was very very profoundly abused by a dentist throughout my formative years I'm not talking about sexual abuse I'm talking about fucking trauma to the point where I didn't see a dentist after I turned 17. I didn't see a dentist until uh, six months ago. And I'm an old man now. And my teeth exploded out of my head, which in my dreams is the cue for me to go lucid because it's a constant theme, you know. There used to be. Uh, after 15 years of lucid dreaming, it's gone a lot better because you recognize cues, you recognize the themes and patterns from your dreams and then you can wake up in your dream and then you don't have to have the nightmare that's about to happen you become aware of these things but this was real (laughs) and it was a disaster oh my god it was horrible it was so horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was so horrible. The girl comes over to hit on me. And I'm about to say something, and literally my upper lip pulls 
out all of my teeth. And this is like during it's everything that uh, everything from a nightmare. Anyway. Yeah, so that's that story. <laughs> I kept meaning to buy her a drink at this point, but we were so involved and I was so embarrassed. I mean, I was just humiliated. It was it was exquisite how horrible this was. <laughs> that I got so involved after she walked away and she was gorgeous. But we were in the middle of this con- Ah, fuck. I fucked everything up. I I fucked absolutely everything up. And I forgot to send a drink over to her. Because I haven't seen Pete in like a decade and he it turned out that we've been working on similar things during the COVID times. And yeah. Anyway, so my teeth, I kept, I, now I have to keep putting them back into my face while I'm still trying to talk to Pete. We, 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 we were at the bar for, to like, one or one thirty in the morning, and I'm at that point. Like once I got home, I was so angry, um, both at myself, but not, but unusually, not just at myself for being so fucking shy and terrible. At and this time it was like it was like kismet, but my teeth flew out of my face. <laughs> which I I kept the whole night I had to keep trying to put them back in and then at one point I just I wanted to put them in my pocket and cause like my lips can conceal you know, like they you know they suck in cause it's the whole front of my mouth is gone but it's less embarrassing than anyway so yeah we've now wasted 15 minutes of the show I'm sorry Bottom line is this. I come home and I'm pissed at myself for fucking everything up with the chick. It was great talk with Pete. Great night. Wonderful to see him. You know, it's like Linux Fest Northwest. There's nothing like drinking with the other people from your planet that you only get to see once a year or once every ten years or five years or three years or whatever who you also like, who are like also your friends but who are also you know, extremely technically knowledgeable in the shit that you can't talk to with anyone else. Um, you know, other people from your planet, that's what I call it. Um, so now I'm, I'm like dreading the embarrassment and the horror of having to go to the dentist today to get my teeth fixed for the third time with this, this temporary and I'm sitting there and I my mom is texting me and she's yelling at me about my teeth and I'm just like I'm like you're gonna die but I'm just like I'm a seething cauldron of anger not just at myself but at 
this defective dental work which is not really defective it, it was not their I mean it is their fault like it, they've not worked they lasted a month and then within <laughs> you know eight hours of them being fixed for the third time for the second time they fly out and humiliate me in front of this gorgeous girl who I was so ready to talk to it was ah it was horrible it's horrible and so I'm sitting there and my mom is texting me stuff she was you know trying to be nice or whatever but but like I I was having none of this um and I'm looking at the teeth that like are out of my face and they're like on the desk and I'm like you know what hey mom you know I'm typing into my iPhone hey mom you know what I'm gonna text you in about whenever cause I'm getting the super glue which is specifically the number one thing that they tell you not to do and so I fashion bottom line is this I fashion a jury rigged fucking gauze setup. I spend a lot of time with Gorilla Glue. I do a lot of shit with Gorilla Glue. I made it work. I made it work. I super glued my teeth back together and into my mouth. And they're there right now. So we can record the podcast. That is 20 minutes of total fucking wasted broadcast, isn't it? I'm sorry, but I'm still traumatized, and no, I have not slept. Ivor, you're right. More whiskey. So. That brings us to our next top story. Last week, we talked about, in fact, in that headline of our uh, of our uh, episode 343, it was something like days gone, four frames per second. Well, and then the other big thing from that episode was that ProtonDB was not fucking updating their site fast enough. Well, about 24 hours after I posted that, and I'd been checking ProtonDB literally every six hours for two days before and two days, and for you know, a day after uh, posting that, and by the way, this is not a correction because we only have to be right for that broadcast, and we were right. Days Gone was fixed at that point, but ProtonDB took another day to update their fucking webpage and this is exactly my point about ProtonDB not updating especially for highly anticipated games like Days Gone for not updating their page like there there was shit when they updated that the Days Gone page that was three days old that had fixes in it by the way if you had googled Days Gone fix, which I had done the night before I recorded last week's episode, you got nothing, and especially if you added Linux into the mix. Anyway, a fix was posted to the ProtonDB page, along with my, you know, pointless thing. Point is, 
Days Gone runs at 60 frames per second. Both now with a, D- a specialized DXVK uh, DLL fix. It's a manual fix. Or, alternatively, just by going to Proton Experimental. I've got one of them to work consistently and the game runs at 60 frames per second. It's awesome. I spent 12 hours over the last uh, five days playing that. So that answers everything that happened last week in terms of days gone by and ProtonDB. And I still stand by everything I said about ProtonDB. They need to update their shit. Their default should be to post immediately and not fucking require a manual review process. You know, because it add a flagging thing. Add a fucking trusted a trusted permissions class if like you're having that much of a hard time moderating your posts on your site because that did no one any good and resulted in and yes I will fucking I will say I mean of course the ultimate responsibility is mine so it was my fault but this is not a correction I only have to be right for a day and on the day that we posted uh, last week's episode I was right so, we will have the instructions for the DXVK, because I don't know, I'm not entirely sure, because I tried both, let's see, hang on, let's look at properties here, uh, compatibility, yeah, I'm still running 6.3-4 on Proton, which is actually, you have to do a hard, it's kind of a hard, it's a DLL, you have to actually get the DXVK DLL from this guy on a forum, I will have the links to that in this week's show. And also, our feature this week is all about Days Gone. Hopefully, we'll get out of here in under 30 minutes. We, I'm sorry for wasting so much time, but this was like a monumental thing that happened to me at the bar last night. It was, it was so horrible. <laughs> it was amazing. But perhaps you had to have been there. Um, but yeah, ProtonDB needs to really get their shit together. Um, next week we'll have announcements. We will have... yeah. Use your words, Cookie. We will have announcements. It's part of the fucking fear of... I super glued my fucking teeth into my face less than five hours ago. <laughs> and it worked by the way they are holding they are holding I'm not going to the desk but I am calling them today and telling them that of what I have done because it's ridiculous anyways our feature this week is on days gone and I'm going to tell you about my first 12 hours in days gone and why I love it so much in a very kind of artistic essay kind of way. I'm sorry I keep pounding the desk. I know, Ivor, that helps no one. But now, Ivor would like to play the new and noteworthy, because we have a massive new and noteworthy title for you. Actually, wait, belay that, Ivor. Uh, You're right. There is one other item in the rundown. Um, Right now, through uh, the... uh, 
Ivor, you're fired! Right now through... Right now you can get, uh, you can pre-buy fucking, uh, sequels to Dying Light, one of the best games ever made. That's not the point. Uh, right now the, ah, there it is. Open, the Steam Open World Sale. A sale celebrating, a, a sale and celebration of infinite exploration, which is going on uh, from May 27th through May 31st, to 10 a.m. Pacific time. It's going on. I spent 40 minutes looking at more or less everything that they have to offer. It is not a good sale. Um, we're talking about like, uh, yeah, look, look. Red Dead Redemption 2 is 33% off to $40.19. Borderlands 3 is 67% off. That's a good sale price, $19.79. But I hate Borderlands. I was not a big fan of 3. Monster Hunter World, which is a game that uh, Blaster BPR loves, everyone loves, Monster Hunter World, it's 34% off at $19.79. That's a good deal. But everything else is like lackluster. Like satisfactory early access, 20% off, down from $29 to $24. Uh, even though Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, down from $40, 80% off at $8. It's a good deal, but that's not gonna pump my nads. But Dying Light. Oh yeah, No Man's Sky forever, every sale they can get they should have just fucking knocked it down 50%, right now it's 50% off, down from 60 bucks 30 to $30, none of this shit's gonna be in the, the um, show notes for this week, so if you're not listening to this, then you're not hearing it but uh, Dying Light is the only game actually Dying Light will be in the show notes, as this is Dying Light 1 Good night and good luck. One of the greatest games ever made. Which we're not going to talk about. If you don't know what it is, it's zombie parkour craft em up. First person. Uh, multiplayer, single player. Story driven. Looting. Stealth. Dynamic action. Immersive storyline fantastic voice acting and incredible environments that look fantastic still to this day game very rarely goes on sale right now they're taking pre-orders for the sequel which is finally going to come out soon I hope it has Linux support, we'll find out when it arrives, right now Dying Light, weekend deal offer ends June 10th, okay that's a hell of a weekend deal that doesn't make any sense, but right now it's sixty six percent off, down from forty bucks, and it's worth. It's one of our one of our favorite games of all time. It's worth full price, any price, all price, any day, any year, any month. It's one of it's the highest order, the highest award we can uh, uh um that we can give to any game. Dying Light One, our full price, any price. Right now it's thirteen dollars and fifty nine cents, and I promised that I would get it for Jeff Jeffy Weiss next time it went on sale and I promised him that just the day before yesterday you can get the enhanced edition which is what I would recommend it is $17.99 that's 70% off of 60 bucks this game very rarely goes on sale is one of the best and 
most constantly replayable games that you'll ever own and one of the best parkour games ever it's like Mirror's Edge and Dying Light are tied in my mind for the best parkour game ever Mirror's Edge 2 I didn't get to play as much of as I would like and I didn't get to beat it but Dying Light, Mirror's Edge was one of the most important games ever made, it was the first real parkour game Dying Light and Mirror's Edge are tied Dying Light I would say is the better game in fact I I wouldn't just say it I will fight anyone who wants to try to argue that Mirror's Edge is a better game than Dying Light because you're insane Dying Light, 66% off or 70% off for the Enhanced Edition, which is what you want because it gives you all of the DLCs um, and you need this if you haven't beaten it yet you need to beat Dying Light before the sequel comes out which I guess is I think next month Dying Light 2 Stay Human oh no it, what? December 7th well at least as a re- release date however fuzzy that may be December 7th, Jesus it's a ways away. So that gives you plenty of time to beat Dying Light. Now, Ivor... Oh, wait, there's a Platinum Edition? Ivor, you're fired! Holy Christ. You want to spend 25 bucks, 75% off. I would go for the Enhanced Edition. I would not get the Basic Edition because you want the Bozak Horde. All the DLCs that they pushed out for Dying Light are enormous and they spent tons of time on them they're great developers uh, the maniacs who, who built Dying Light and they've chained themselves so crazy how hard that they work on this uh, in Techland um, but yeah so it's 18 bucks or $25 either way it's a steal the $25 one is normally 100 bucks it's got Rise Elite Bundle, Dying Light Retro Wave Bundle, all these bundles. But really, if you want everything that's good in the game without, like, you know, blah, I would go for the Enhanced Edition. That's the one that's linked in the show notes. So, Ivor, if you'd be so kind as to get us to our new Noteworthy so we can get to our feature, we'll probably spend about 10 minutes on our feature. That means we'll be here until this time next week. Based them with it. I was a North American fall when working my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Alright, so I was planning on spending a lot of time talking about this game instead of my teeth and fucking them flying out in front of a gorgeous girl who's hitting on me. But that drama's over. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames and messieurs, uh, more whiskey. One of this has been on our list of games that needed to come to Linux or have a play like available on Linux. This game might not be perfect, but it is way better than everything I've played since Mech Warrior 2, which I was a god at. I was obsessed with that game and was never gratified by any of the sequels, either by virtue of them sucking 
or by not having um, a computer that could run them or by them being migrated exclusively to online shit or whatever other, you know uh, convoluted blah 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 and then ever since I started this podcast always dreaming of the time on Mars is 1750 ambient temperature negative 10 degrees Celsius um those of you who don't know Mech Warrior do not do not confuse Mech Warrior and Battletech they are not the same thing Battletech is for losers even though Mech Warrior is technically a part of Battletech they are not the same thing I'm not going to go into the differences Mech Warrior 2 was the last time I got to actually get the experience of sitting inside a simulation of a 30 story tall giant mechanized robot with heat sinks and multiple t- simulated targeting capabilities um, jump jets speed characteristics blah 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 and I have lusted after this for so long well yesterday Mech Warrior 5 got released on Steam and guess what I was like oh fuck it it's 30 bucks fuck it I'm buying it now and then I went to the dentist while it installed and we know how this all worked out when I played it yesterday evening and it ran ran out of the box you don't even need to switch the proton thing or whatever and it is exactly it's not quite as simulation-y as Mech Warrior 2 was but that is 30 years ago that's crazy to say that almost it's like 25 years ago I have nothing but amazing amazingly fond memories of Mech Warrior 2 um, this game is much easier to play but it is first person in mech spa- uh, simultaneous torso rotational with acceleration so you can be moving in one direction and looking in another mech based combat with heat sinks but also now with a drone camera and the whole game is designed to be played off of the gamepad works great with a uh, Xbox One uh, wired controller like I have I wonder if I could get my hottest setup to work with it but I don't know Um, I did the tutorial this game came out yesterday on Linux uh, on, on Steam but now Mech Warrior is a va- and it is everything that I remember from Mech Warrior 2 and more. It's more arcadey. A little bit. Okay, so just in case, just just for the record, for everyone who wants to know, the greatest mech games of all time in my mind. These are in well, 
tied for first place is Mech Warrior 2 and Armored Core 2, I think. Armored Core 2 is for the PlayStation, and that game was more of an arena mech fighter kind of game with light mission elements ish and stuff, but it was very much a tuner, a mech tuner kind of game, as was the original, as was Mech Warrior 2. In cockpit or behind your mech, that's the only deficit to Armored Core 2. The other, only other greatest mech game ever made is, thank you, Ivor, for doing, uh, for doing the research for me and reminding me that we need to fill this in, was for the Atari Jaguars called Iron Soldier. And Iron Soldier was remarkable because it was the first game ever that I ever played. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was the first game ever. Where you, in a 30-story tall giant robot with multiple different armament configurations, although the mech in that game was just one body, one chassis type, the array of armaments that you could have and the ways in which you could use them were astonishing, but the big innovation in that game was it was the first game where you could actually destroy skyscrapers, which were giant rectangles. Um, and you fought against a broad range of non-mech targets. So, there was a panoply in Iron Soldier where there was a, a variety of mix of offensive things coming at you. Um, that you had to prioritize on the fly while you're managing your sensors, and you could independently rotate your torso from your legs, if I remember correctly. And you could also use a giant chainsaw to cut skyscrapers in half. MechWarrior 2, there was none of that stuff. MechWarrior 5, Mercenaries, I don't need to fucking laser, fucking shoot anything. I walk through buildings bitches emphasis is on the combat it's great and if you're uncomfortable with the in cockpit combat then you're a pussy I'm, I'm sorry if you want you know the thrills and bells and whistles of seeing the massive destruction and, and carnage that you're doing as you go mech on mech bitches um, in a third person way you can activate a drone camera it's really good. And all the mechs, if you like Mech Warrior at all, you will love this game. This is not some sort of fucking real time strategy game. This is mech on mech combat, Mech Warrior 2 style, mech on mech mission based combat. Haven't gotten to play it too much yet because it, I, you know, I played the tutorial and I played some of the first mission. It is really good. Especially if you're a fan of the franchise. It is a little arcadey, and I'm not sure whether I... I really don't have an option anymore, because I my carpal tunnel in my right hand is so bad that I do not trust myself to play any game that requires me to hold on to the trackball. But that is ideally how I would play it, with the full ability to use the keyboard. But they've simplified everything into a series of D-pad decisions that you can make for advanced mech functions and stuff that really keep the simulation aspect of it 
rock hard, Johnny rock hard. Like it feels, it feels very good. It feels very authentic. And all of the mechs, of course, are there. Leopards, crab, the crab mechs, fucking, uh, all of your favorite mechs are in this game. If you like Mech Warrior 2, and you've been waiting. Now, it's not the prettiest game, but this isn't a review. We'll talk more about that, about Mech Warrior 5, Mercenaries, which is a really good story, has really cool cinema, even though it's not the prettiest cinema, and I know that this game has been ported from, I think, the Epic Store, or whatever. It was developed by a really impa- passion passionate um, small uh, Piranha, that's the name of them Piranha made this game and they obviously played the fuck, they know what Mech Warrior is and once again Mech Warrior is not Battletech, although it is Battletech, it's one is, one is for pussies the other one is for real men and women who want to fight each other in giant fucking robots, so there you go. I don't know where Mech Warrior 5 fits into that that trio. Those are the only three good mech games ever made. I know that it is faithful to Mech Warrior 2. Like sensor shit is great. If you have VR, there is also um nah, Vox Machina. What the fuck is it called? It's called Voice is it Voice of the Machine? Yeah, Vox Machina. Yeah, Voice of the Machine. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, because that has nothing to do with that game. But that game is for people who have VR, and especially if you have uh the Knuckle, the Steam VR, or uh, uh, the Index, the Valve Index with the Knuckles controllers. That game is really cool, but it's nowhere near as cool as Mech Warrior Five even. I'll say that, although it is in VR. Um, and you can't play that with just a gamepad. So there we go. Now on to our feature, Ivor, and then maybe we'll get us out of here in under an hour. Fat fucking chance. What do you think? Oh my god. It's Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scookie. Bolivians! So, Days Gone. What is Days Gone? Well, I can't tell you too much because Days Gone is a very story-driven, open-world, sandbox, zombie, post-apocalyptic, biker, motorcycle, biker club, survival game set in the Pacific Northwest, actually in Oregon, which I hate, and so I'm glad that everyone there dies. Seattle rules, bitches! Washington, not Oregon! Uh, Resplendent with all the visual effects that you would imagine from a AAA title all the polish and etc of a AAA title because it is a AAA title and it's a magnificent game um, I'm only 12 hours in this is not a review there will be a full review maybe when I beat it but this is what you need to know about this game with the DXVK fix runs great 60 frames per second pretty much rock solid. 
there are occasional performance hiccups like when generally they're kind of aleatory because I well here's the deal the only thing I'm going to ruin for you is exactly what you see at the start of the game you are Deke your best friend is Boozer your girlfriend is Sarah as the zombie pandemic and it's a pandemic spreads wild like wildfire across the country the national emergency uh, yeah national emergency response organization Nero tries to evacuate survivors but the the no one knows what's going on it's just zombie hordes begin appearing I've never seen the movie Day Z because it looked too scary for me but that's what these type of zombies are they're like 28 days later kind of zombies these are not shuffling slow moving disorganized non-communicative former human beings who died and have now become undead and are brains these are fast moving rivers of monstrous former fellow humans who want only to eat you they will sometimes eat each other so the game begins with you and you as Deke you guys are one percenters you're in a biker gang and you guys are escaping a city with a desperately wounded Sarah and you get to a helicopter and you're told that there's only room for one and they won't take any at first until you pull your gun only room for two only room for two on the helicopter well you are a party of three so you put your girlfriend who's Boozer's sister I think onto the helicopter she says that you guys aren't coming and as the horde descends upon you Boozer says my god what have you done as the helicopter flies away the game that's when you start playing the game title screen two years later so you and Boozer have been in this quarantine fucking Oregon that has long since descended into anarchistic madness I mean, just like the one of the coolest things about Seven Days to Die in in a in a PvP mode on a good server was that it wasn't the fucking zombies you had to worry about. It was hell was other people, hell was other survivors. Well, in this gorgeous Pacific Northwest zombie fucking infested madhouse of rural back roads, rusted barbed wire, of fucking unspeakable 
cruelty in terms of man's inhumanity to man. Because it's not the zombies that you really, the freaks as they call them. They'll eat each other, by the way, if they're hungry enough. Deke and Boozer have been out there for two years. Surviving and trying to get back to Sarah. Or so you think. And this is like the tricky thing about talking about this game is that the game does such a phenomenal job as they used to say in creative writing workshops <coughs> show don't tell everything seems to be kind of going okay with you and Boozer like that's the tutorial of the game is you guys getting to your hideout and then recovering your bike and stuff and it really introduces you to the fact that this is an open world game you can go almost anywhere that you want but what's super cool in terms of structure is that you spend a lot of time alone so it's like if you took Mad Max which is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life and stripped out the linearity of the story in Mad Max and then just let you make the decisions that are not necessarily binary decisions like you are judged by your actions you get to experientially understand what kind of fucking psycho you have become after two years of surviving hordes, of surviving marauders, of seeing the Ripper gangs rise up, of dealing with Copeland and his misinformation and Radio Free Oregon coming across your comms, talking about endless conspiracy theories that help no one of trying to negotiate peaceful um, relationships with the Ewok-like settlements of the friendly encampments. I only know of two right now. While trying to negotiate the endless ambushes and skullduggery and trickery and depravity and raw human fucking cruelty expressed in form of mass death of road agents of marauders of guys who will fucking pretend to be injured and then ambush you en masse with guns coming from the tree line everywhere that's that's the easy shit all the while trying to fucking put together enough ammunition, enough fucking bandages and fuel and weapons and security 
keep you and Boozer safe enough. And then two years later, so 760 some odd days gone. That's where the game starts. And 12 hours in, some people don't like this about this game. I fucking love it. I think it's brilliant. What you say to yourself as Deke and what you say to other people as Deke and what other people say to you really matters. And you can go do whatever quests you want. You can go explore. You just fucking explore if you want. You'll, you know, you'll die. Blah. And then eventually, like about five hours in, you'll get to see a real horde up close. And it's a zombie horde unlike anything that you've ever seen. Make seven days to die on the seventh day look like patty cake. We're talking about rivers of hundreds of starving hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of starving fucking programmatically generated unbelievably gorgeous Oh, wait, let me explain the Freakers to you. So, actually, before I do that, we'll go for 10 more minutes. We'll go about an hour and 15. So don't wet your pants. That means we'll be here for two hours. So, okay, so how do you play this game? The way I describe Days Gone, from what I know of it so far, I'm only 12 hours in, but I have some serious weapons and stuff. The thing that I love so much about Days Gone is kind of like in the way that Mad Max was a meditation on how absolutely fucking broken a human can be after the end of the world, after you surpass the limit of the world. Like literally the world is done. And to still have a massive wound you know a a massive loss that you cannot get past both at the same time. That's what this game is. That's what Days Gone is. It's more verbal, it's more talkative than Mad Max but, um, anyway, so I'm sorry, I'm, I, I, I got distracted there. The gameplay in Days Gone is like some of the best elements of like five of the best other types of games from the last 20 years. I'm thinking Crisis, I'm thinking Mad Max, I'm thinking, uh, I don't want to say Resident Evil because I hate survival horror and this game is while it is survival and while it is horror that's how good this game is by the way if you listen to the show for any amount of time you know that I hate scary games this game is pretty scary in fact for my tolerance it's like you know it's up there it's like a 7 um but because it's open world and because like you never feel like you don't 
feel the type of desperation that you do in Valheim if you play Valheim alone and like you know that you just lost like all your armor and everything and you have to go back and get it and it's going to be really 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 hard it's not that kind of terror it's more of the revealing of just how fucked everything is so Edgar Allan Poe had this concept of thematic unity so like just like the house of the house itself everyone must be corrupted and fucked up who you know touches you know blah 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 this game or like Bruce Lee said here we go I know I know I know I'm going off on a bunch of tangents here but Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon at the very beginning he says one of the greatest things about Kung Fu says you know a fight is like a ballet but played seriously so if you've ever seen the Venture Brothers you know what I mean by when I say that it's a goofy premise that they play straight all the way down the line this game is not a goofy premise it's just an you just don't know how fucked up you are how fucked up your character is until you've played it for long enough but you get early hints you get early hints and this is the my probably my favorite thing I got into a conversation with uh, Sure Iron um, who's played the like who's played Days Gone like four times as many hours as I have and has all the achievements and he or she, I was like, man, that game sucks, it's for losers I didn't cry at all, I haven't cried at all that game is rad um it is a dark motherfucking game but it doesn't tell you this you experience it with your character and it's, you spend almost almost all of your time alone killing other human beings which is like a disgusting horrible thing but they are very much trying to kill you at all times liquidating their marauder bandit camps trying to deal with the blood cults, the ripper cults and trying to deal with Nero and most especially the freaks. So let's talk about the freaks. There's stealth elements in this game that are very similar to Metal Gear Solid, Snake Eater, which is a game that I hated. But you can just think of it as like uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 if you want to think about the stealth elements. They are light, they are persistent, they are important, they are necessary, and they are easy to understand, and they are very satisfying to bring off successfully. They are all free form and everything in the game is integrated into that survival aspect of stealth. And you have a motorcycle. Stealth and survival. Because you... Here's the deal. You have a boot knife. That's your default melee weapon. Boot knife cannot break. 
it takes, okay, so let's say that you walk into just like a house, okay, there's just like a house, and you're not, you're not crouching at all, you're not on your bike, you just walk into a house, or even better, behind a house, and there's a river there, I'm making this up, but this is like shit that you go through all the time. On your radar, you'll see some light red cone-like areas where you hear things. So you're sneaking. You're you're in crouch mode. You can move pretty quickly in crouch mode. If there's tall grass, you go to the tall grass. If there's cover, you go behind the cover. Anything between you and those cones, because your radar is a circle and just divided into fourths, into quarters, and, you know, if there's a cone over there, then you want something in between you and that cone. And you can hear. You can hear the freaks. If they're children, if they're zombie children, if they're freaker children, one of the most satisfying things I've done in the game is beating them to death with a baseball bat or when you take that boot knife and put it right in the side of their head. But anyway, so let's say there's some boxes there. You put the boxes between you and you just kind of sneak and peek a little bit trying to get a sense through this beautiful emerald green Pacific Northwest. It's so gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. And generally it's raining. Generally it's cloudy. Um, I'm not going to explain freaker relationships tonight or your motorcycle really because we're just going to do this on foot. So you see one, you see a couple. There's like three or four. This is where stealthing them is great. They're really good at hearing you. They're okay at seeing you. They're not super good at seeing you. None of the enemies are super good at seeing you. If you're in any sort of cover. Tall grass is normally good enough and sneaking is normally good enough. But everything you do makes a sound. So... If you're sneaking, you're basically okay. So you jinx around those boxes because one of the freakers is right there. You come up behind them and you boot knife them in the side of the head or maybe you rip out their, their guts or whatever. But in the process, the other four guys, the other one guy sees you and he howls or whatever and they all attack you at once. Now you, this is like one of the weaknesses in this game is that the melee combat leaves a lot to be desired, but it leaves nothing to be desired in terms of the animations. When you finally get your kill stroke, it, it it's just literally just pressing kill, 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 heal, 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 kill, 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 heal, heal, heal. That's like the extent, if you're doing just straight up melee and you're not good at stealthing, I'm describing a stealth that's gone wrong. Because normally what I do is I just stealth all four of them. You know, it takes a little more patience, but it's a lot 
for me, it's a lot more rewarding because I get to hang on to all my health shit. But there's tons of health materials on normal. There's tons of health materials you can craft your own bandages in real time as you're fighting zombies because the craft wheel, the inventory wheel is so good. You just go up, you you press the left bumper, and bam, you're in the wheel. So that starts to slow down time a lot. You go up to like the health thing, and that splits out into like a another wheel. It's very easy to navigate, and underneath each item in that wheel is craft this or use it. And it shows you how many you have. And it time slows down enough to where you actually get to make really good decisions, but you should have made those decisions before you're in this kind of jam. So now you're fighting three or four freakers. And let's say it's day, we'll be charitable, and there's no other freakers around. This is not a horde. These are just fucking freakers. They they wander around. If you don't have five bandages, there's a reasonable chance that you will get killed because you can't see what's behind you. So let's re- rewind this scenario. You stealth the first one. You don't get detected by the by any of the other ones. You pull out your crossbow if you have it. Take aim at one of the random, one of the four freakers who have little unscripted patrol patterns. They're hungry. They will eat each other if they're super, super, super hungry or if they run across one of their compatriots who you've killed. They will eat them. They will also eat humans that you leave for them. They can smell blood. That's the big thing. They can literally smell blood. They are more attracted to blood than they are sight or sound. So, like, if you have, like, a lot of creepers and you're trying to, like, run away from them, like, let's say you're in the middle of a marauder encampment or whatever, if you can put enough corpses between you and the freakers, they will stop to eat the corpses. And you can double back and just stealth them from behind after you kill the rest of everyone in the camp. But anyway, so pull out your crossbow, and you know, you headshot one guy because he's like 20 meters away. It's not difficult to kill people with one, kill freakers especially, swarmers, with one crossbow bolt. It takes forever to reload the crossbow. But no one, they, they don't know what the fuck like, even if they're looking at the guy as he gets hit in the head, humans react differently. That's when they start shooting. Um, so you take another shot at another guy, but the other, the one of the other guys sees you and then howls. Now you're in trouble because you have these, what, two or three guys coming at you, freakers. You can handle them. You're going to take... You're going to get hurt in the process unless you have a different melee weapon. Unless you have unlocked skills to be able to repair those melee weapons. Especially the good ones, which is worth it. I recommend taking that skill. Um, You can hold your own, though. You can kill them. But if it's night, and let's say there's also wolves, and let's say... You thought that there was only four. There's actually seven. You're gonna die. 
You can't fight. The most freaks I've killed at once, melee alone, because there's no way to aim your gun. Even your sidearm, even if you have a pistol, if you have um, an AK, or if you have a sniper rifle, there's no way really to aim effectively because these guys are so fast and they're so angry and they it only takes three of them to really just knock you around and kill the shit out of you. So you get really good at healing yourself, which you can do and you can make um, med packs in the middle of fights, which doesn't seem realistic, but you know what? It's you're a motorcycle gang guy in zombie apocalypse. Portland, Oregon. Um, so that's like the normal road freaks that you see. There's another type of organization of freaks. Generally, these are static, story kind of driven. They're not story driven. They are area specific. That's a better way of saying it. Area, day and night. That's what I know so far. We're talking like 900 freaks. 900 zombies. Moving five deep like a river towards a mindless objective of hunger. You get detected by any one of them, you're fucking dead. You're instantly ripped apart as they descend upon you. And as they descend upon you, you will marvel running across mass graves, still burning corpses in body bags from Nero. National Emergency Response Organization. Body bags piled to the third story of buildings still smoldering with fire after two years. As you crest that hill, you will turn the camera 180 degrees as you look at your inventory and time slows down and you begin figuring out I'm going to craft some Molotovs I'm going to craft some pipe bombs I'm going to craft I'm going to pull out I'm going to fix my machete I'm going to pull out my machete I'm going to heal myself I'm going to make more healing stuff and you see while you're making these decisions these amazingly realistic and utterly horrifying five, ten, twenty, fifty, one hundred freaks crest the hill behind you. All of them. Different clothing, different faces, different blah, all of them reaching out to you with claws of death and agony. And you're like, what the fuck am I gonna... And the time doesn't doesn't stop being slow until you let go. I find it very easy to let go. Because at that point, you're fucked. 
So that's some of the basics. One final thought about this game. We'll get out of here in under one hour and fifteen minutes. I, I know, I know. This maybe not as be- Maybe this has not been the most descriptive or best episode of this show. But this game really deserves a lot more talk. One of my favorite things about this game is the way it exposes the fissures in your character and Deke's character when he's running low on ammo. And this provides you useful feedback as a player, but this is not this type of talking to yourself that like Laura Lara Croft does when she can't when you can't figure out a puzzle in one of the last three Tomb Raider games. This is you are in a constant dialogue with yourself. Generally under your breath. Or you're talking to Boozer over your radio. Or you're talking to someone else over your radio. Or you're talking to someone in front of you. But my favorite, when this game really got its hooks in me, was when I had Boozer's shotgun. Which, by the way, is the same shotgun that is sitting right next to me right now. It's a Mossberg shockwave. I know it well. And that's what they... It's weird. I'm not a gun guy. But I... Anyway, I... I recognize it and know. You got... Either that or the crossbow. This is early on in the game. This is the very beginning of the game. None of these are real. Early on, they're very scripted, but once you know you're out on the road, you start to really understand Deke on his own terms, as you understand the game on its own terms, and that reveals the fissures in Deke's character. How fucked up he is! Just how fucked up he is! I will present this minor vignette. And then I will go back and play the game some more. Because it's a fucking awesome game. And the voice acting is very good. The game had me when Deke is trying to shove shells. And you can fire in between. If you have a shell and a shotgun, you can shoot the shotgun. You don't get to keep it, though. which sucks. He's trying to shove shells into the shotgun. The Mossberg shockwave holds six. And there's five guys coming at you. And you're at three rounds left in the shotgun. It's a pump shotgun. And he starts saying, oh fuck, come on, come on, come on, fuck, fuck, there we go. That's when that shell goes in. And he will frequently yell and talk to the things and people that he has killed. Especially the people that he has killed. If you decide to murder other people, which you will decide to murder other people, it's not like they're there to give you a second chance most of the time. I try to give everyone the second chance but 9 times out of 10 I mean I found my share of survivors but 9 times out of 10 
it's some guy playing possum for a fucking road agent gang and oh look there's a razor wire neck high waiting for me to ride through um my fucking bike and chop my fucking you motherfucker and Deke after two years of this has begun to lose his fucking mind he has seen too much he has seen far too much and then you figure out things about Nero so that's this week's episode of the Best Things Games Podcast cheers, thanks for listening hopefully next week we will be shorter uh, but probably we will have a review as we frequently do of of Days Gone Days Gone is really good check out um, the show notes for this week's episode for uh, the DXVK fix if you need it for 6.3 hyphen 4 for Proton um, I would recommend that you try experimental first after you get the game because allegedly it works with just experimental now I there's some little clip that's at the very beginning of the game when you boot up the game that on six dot three dot five and four I I don't know if it's an introduction or what but it's like ten seconds of the test pattern that I've been seeing from MF Platt uh style error from games. I don't think that there's a full introduction because I, I I think the game really starts where you start which is really good because you are on the road with Deacon Boozer in this post-apocalyptic madhouse and eventually I don't know I don't know how crazy you are. Neither do you. And you can't afford to know. Cheers! See you next week. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. 
For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.